0: I love that worship song, Behold. Man, it's just so rich. I love the words of it. It points us to our hope while reminding us of what God's done for us. I'm just so excited about that. Listen, we're jumping into a brand new series called Unstoppable. Grab your Bibles or an iPad to follow along. Now be a great time to flip open a device and have the kids jump onto the kids' wing of her online location. Some incredible stuff over there. I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to jump right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. That you pursue us. That no matter who we are, no matter what we look like, no matter how messy our past, no matter how many tattoos we got, no matter what people say about us or what labels they stamp on us, you just say, come to me. Have what you need. That's it. No hoops for us to jump through. Just a simple, answer. And so as we jump into this new series, God, we just want, we need you. We admit it. We need you more than anything else. Would you speak to us through this, your word? Would you encourage us? Would you strengthen us? In Jesus' name, amen. We're jumping into a brand new series called Unstoppable. This series, it's not like some kind of like self-help, Get you all like pumped up kind of series, but I think it's really powerful. And, and this series really is about church, now, now I know some of you got some mixed feelings with that word church, even though you're watching this online. I know some of you got some mixed feelings with that word church. You got mixed feelings because church has hurt you before, because you've been burned by church, because you have church experiences that just really repelled you, and they weren't about what Jesus was about, and they weren't about what God was about. They were about what people wanted from you or a burden that they wanted to put on you. I know that some of you got some weird and mixed feelings about church, but this series is really important. It's really important because of what Jesus actually said about his church. And in Matthew in chapter 11 and verse, or 16 and verse 18, Jesus was talking to Peter and he said to Peter these words that are just so powerful. They're words that have, have gotten me through these last couple months they're words that I just keep reminding myself of, even when I doubt, even when I question, even if I when I wonder what the future is gonna look like, and these words were this: Upon this rock, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I think that's one of the most powerful statements about church. And it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable because a church that is built on Jesus. It has a heart like Jesus's, is unstoppable. There's no pandemic that can stop it. There's no circumstances that can stop it. A government can't stop it. You can't, you can't shut it down, turn it off. It's unstoppable. And so this series, before, I, before you drift from me, this series is an invitation. It's an invitation to be a part of something that if you haven't been a part of it, you've been missing out on. It's, it's an invitation to be part of something that's unstoppable, that the gates of hell can't even be. It's also, for those of you that already have accepted the invitation, it's a reminder. It's a reminder about what church really is all about and what it's not all about, what church is and what church isn't. We all need those reminders sometimes because it's so easy to look at the physical stuff that goes attached to a church and to think that's the church. But the church isn't the physical stuff. It's not the building. It's not the carpet. It's not the killer lights or the great camera. It's not the online location. The church is actually people that belong to Jesus and that are following him in faith. That's the church. It's unstoppable. And last, I think this is not just a, an invitation to be a part of something. This isn't just a reminder that we all need from time to time. This is our stake in the ground. This is us putting up the flag. This is who we are as Grace Free Church, and I know some of you are brand new to us. You don't know us. You, you're kind of wrestling with some church experiences, trying to figure out if this is a safe place for you. If this is, if this is gonna, if this is legit. If it's gonna be what has it, what is advertised to be. If we're genuine. If we're authentic about what we say. If we believe what we say. If there's some like catch to it all. If we kind of like reel you in and trick you, and then all of a sudden somebody's gonna pop out like. It's going to be all about money or something crazy like that? I know some of you, you're skeptical, right? But this is an important series because when we talk about Grace Free Church, this is about what God has called Grace Free Church to be. This is who we are. Love it or leave it. Join us or don't. This is our heart. It's the heart God has been building in us. It's our mission. It's our battle cry. This is who we are through and through on every level. It's what drives us. It's why you love what you love as you're experiencing us. It's because all of this, all that you're experiencing has been driven off of this flag in the sand, stake in the ground. This is who we are. That's why this series is so important, even though I put it off and put it off and We haven't dived this deeply into it in a couple of years. As I realized about the steps we're about to take together and the challenges we're going to meet face on, I thought, man, this is so important. But I don't want to lose you because this isn't just about church. I mean, this is about you. And this is about me. This is about who God's calling us to be. Who he is to us and where he's moving us to as individuals. And if you hang on during these couple of weeks, what I think is going to happen is you're going you're to be all fired up about who God is. You're maybe going to see a bigger picture of God. If church has beat you down before in life, and it's tainted your, your view of God, I think this series is going to refresh your soul, encourage you. I think it's going to give you strength. I think it's going to help you have some hope in what the church actually is supposed to be, and that'll give you hope for your journey too. So this series, it's about who we are, but it's about you too. It's about who you are to God. It's about what He wants to do in your life. It's about where He's calling you to, a life of purpose and meaning too. You know, I wanna, we got to start with this one word. It's actually the first word in our strategy. If you've been coming for any amount of time, you've been jumping on any of our media, you probably have run into the phrase, come as you are. It actually rolls into our strategy, just come, grow, go. It's a massive part of how we do church and why we do church. Just this word, come. Come. It's a word Jesus used often. And one of my favorite places he used it was in the story about this guy named Zacchaeus. The story of Zacchaeus is recorded in Luke chapter 19. It's one of my absolute favorite stories. and It's probably because I can relate to Zacchaeus in so many ways Zacchaeus in John in Luke chapter 19 the st- the story starts like this it says Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy that's just another way of saying he was a he was the worst of the worst and he was being he was good at being bad. Some of you can re, you're like, "Yeah, man, I'm really good at being bad." It wasn't that long ago. I was like king at being bad. Maybe you can relate. I have periods in my life that I can relate to this, but and culturally speaking, in society, they looked at Zacchaeus as a sellout. He was the last person they would want at the party. He was the last person you'd want to see show up on your street. He was the last person anybody wanted to spend any time with. He he was a, a traitor in their eyes, collecting taxes from the Romans and skimming off the top to pay his own salary. And the fact that he was wealthy means that he was ruthless. He He just... Stole from the people that were his neighbors, his family, his town, his people, ripped them off. A selfish heart drives you to crazy places. Selfishness will drive you to crazy, lonely places. And Zacchaeus, he was living that. But there's something that happens between verses two and three. It says that he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he runs ahead and he climbs a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. You have Zacchaeus here. He's stuck in the hustle and he keeps coming up short. I mean, not not literally, figuratively he keeps coming up short. I mean, here he is, a man who has, has fine-tuned his craft on getting money, probably the one thing he think would, br- would bring him peace, probably the thing that he thought would fill his life, would make him whole, probably the thing that, and he had lots of it. I mean, he was stuck in the hustle. We get stuck in the hustle pretty easy. The hustle of thinking things and stuff can fill the holes in our hearts. What we find, as we realize, as we, as, we, as we get the stuff we want, as we run into the relationships that we want, as we inevitably find the disappointment that lays behind trying to fill a heart-sized hole with a bunch of things, we end up realizing that it just doesn't work, that something's still missing. We're stuck in the hustle. Maybe you're stuck in the hustle. You're living life, and you're like, man, I just got to get what's mine. I just got to get something new. I have to get something different. I have to get more of something, because if I can just get a little more money, if I can just be a little more popular, if I can just get a little more clout, if I can just have a few more people like me, if I can just get that promotion, if I can get that money, if I can get that girl, then I won't feel so alone. Then it won't feel like something's missing. We get stuck in the hustle, and what we don't realize is that we keep coming up short because the things we think can fill us, they, they don't because they can't. They can't fill us. It's just not the way our heart was made. You see, you are designed to be in relationship with God. And until you find that relationship, there will always be something missing in your heart. He's just trying to fill it with stuff. He just fill it, fill it with stuff all the time. And he kept coming up short, kept running out, kept ending up on empty you know, it's almost like this visual because I felt like I needed this visual because I just looked this good in aprons, for one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's too important to just rush, rush by this point. Uh, high schools right now are full of people who think popularity will fill their hearts, who think a, a girlfriend or boyfriend will fill their hearts. They're running around exhausted, trying to fill their hearts with stuff, trying to fill holes in their heart that were never meant to be filled with stuff and never can be filled with stuff. You have all kinds of athletes trying to fill it with success and be that player, and they end up just finding that it's empty. The joy is fleeting, and they're one injury away from losing everything. You have so many people going into middle school right now that are wrestling with this thing. And then you have every, every level, moms that are wrestling with it, dads that are wrestling with it, all kinds of single people wrestling with it, like trying to fill the empty voids with stuff. And then you have like your heart. Your heart was never designed to be filled with stuff. It, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's like it's got holes in it that we're only meant to be filled by God. But here we are. We're like, oh, man, like i gotta get some, I got to get some stuff. I know I'm Martha Stewart and up all in here. Take your judgment back. You're looking at me through the screen with some judgmental eyes? I think I'm wearing this apron pretty good. We try to fill it, fill it with stuff, our hearts. and This is what we end up with. We keep trying. We switch pictures. This stuff didn't work. I'll try some more stuff. We we keep switching pictures. We keep switching. And what happens is we just end up with bigger holes in our heart that that can't be filled. They can't be filled with stuff. Never. It's not how we were designed. And here we are. Stuck in the hustle of life, trying to fill a void, voids in our heart. A a desire to be loved with an unconditional love that won't fail us. Wanting to be connected to something bigger than us. We have this desire to be accepted where we are. We have this desire to be given meaning and purpose. All of these things, holes in our heart that can't be filled with stuff, but we're stuck in the hustle trying to fill them. And the next relationship, it's not gonna do any better. The, the next thing, it's not gonna fix it. You see, in the middle of the hustle, we gotta realize that the thing that can fill our hearts is Jesus. Period. That's it. I wish there was some kind of better answer for you, but it's just not how our hearts were designed. And so here's that key says he's stuck in the hustle. He's stuck in the hustle, coming up short, literally and figuratively. But there's something absolutely amazing right here. You see, he's curious. He he can maybe cover it up from time to time, but the rumbling of his heart telling him there's got to be more, it was right. There was more. If you got that rumbling in your heart right now, if your heart is kind of just like saying, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be more to life than this. You're right. There is more to life than this. And it can only be found when your heart fills its void with God and Jesus. That's it. Zacchaeus, he had heard some things about Jesus. He was like, man, I wonder, maybe as he was doing his dealings in town in Jerusalem, the buzz was all around him about this Jesus. There was a, a, a vibe going out, like there's some cool stuff happening when Jesus is around. When Jesus shows up, some people are getting healed. When Jesus shows up, there's some lives being changed. Jesus, there's all this talk about Jesus, the one who was the light of the world and said these things that were just different from anything he had heard before. And so Zacchaeus, he sees the crowd gather, he sees what's going on, he hears the buzz and he decides, I got to check it out. It's a curiosity that drove him to the back of this crowd because he showed up late to the party. Fortunately for him and fortunately for us, there is no showing up late to the party when it's about God. There's no showing up late to the party. There, there's no too late to the party when it comes to Jesus. It's never too late to have your heart filled by him. It's never too late to have your, the direction of your life steered in a better way. It's never too late to find your purpose. It's never too late to be forgiven. It's never too late to find healing from the brokenness of your past. So he was never really too late. But he got there, seemingly late enough to realize that he couldn't see over the crowd. This short dude they sing the songs about. Those terrible Sunday school songs. You'll never hear him, hear them here. Oh, they're wee little man. And a wee little man like me Stop calling Zacchaeus a wee little man We all get it, he was short He, he comes up to the crowd And he doesn't let the obstacle stop him I love this about Zacchaeus Man, what a I wish more people were like Zacchaeus When it comes to this The first obstacle that pops up into our lives We usually just turn around and go home We bolt, we check out Ah, uh, we tried Zacchaeus, he, he reaches an obstacle and his journey to really see what this Jesus was all about, but he doesn't let the obstacle stop him. So he goes down, he finds a sycamore tree, and he climbs the sycamore tree, and he's up there watching and trying to see Jesus, and Jesus' path, would you believe it, comes right to the bottom of this sycamore tree, and here are the words of Jesus when he reaches him. Everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. It says this, when Jesus reached the spot, the spot, not a spot, not the tree. It says he reached the spot as if this was the spot that had always been waiting for this encounter. As if this was the moment that drove Jesus to walk down the street to begin with. It wasn't a stop on his destination. This was the spot, the spot, Jesus was intending to go to. He knew. And he loved Zacchaeus. And he wanted an encounter with Zacchaeus. As if Zacchaeus was some lost sheep that had drifted from the flock. Gotten off track, stuck in the hustle. Trying to find the grass that's greener in another field stuck in some dangerous places, realizing that he's all alone and lost. This was the spot Jesus had planned to find this lost sheep. He stops there by the tree. He looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come. Come down immediately. I love that part because I'm imagining Zacchaeus' shock. And awe, and also, how do you get down from a tree? And can somebody f- immediately, and can somebody film that with their iPhone so we can throw it up on like TikTok or YouTube or something and get a bunch of views, maybe land ourselves on America's funniest home videos? That stuff cranks out the, the viral views like nothing else. That, he's like, "Come, down immediately, Come, to me, immediately, come, come!" And then he says, This, not I got a lecture to give you. Not I'm gonna tell you all the things you've done wrong. That's what church would do. That's what some churches do. They're like, Come, get out of that tree, man. Come to Jesus, and here's all the things you're doing wrong. Here's how you're a disappointment to everybody. Here's all the ways you broke all the rules. Here's why you don't fit. Here's why you gotta be better. Here's why you gotta dress it up. Here's what's wrong with you, I hate hate that churches draw those lines in the name of Jesus because Jesus just says come. And then he says, I must go to your house today. Like, we're going we're gonna to eat. That's what. We're just going to hang out. God, I'm going to spend some time with you. In that culture sharing a meal, it was a significance of friendship. Jesus was just saying, come down from that tree, my new friend. That's all he says to us. Come. There's no, there's no lecture. I mean, none of us are perfect. We all have areas we can grow in. I'm sure he'll get to that at some point in the right time. I know he gets to it in the right time for me. But the call is just come, period. It's echoed in Isaiah 55, a message to the nation of Israel, but it resounds throughout all of the Scripture and all of the Gospels in all of the words of Jesus, it's, it's, it's the same stuff we, we can read it through when he sees Peter and Andrew on the shore. And he says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. When he, when he bumps into Matthew at the tax collector, another great spot, he says, come follow me. And... <sighs> come to me, all who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor for what does not satisfy? Listen to me and to eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. God's got something for you that's better. You keep coming up short in the hustle. You're still thirsty. Your heart still aches for something more. And Jesus just says, come to me. That's it. No tests to take. No disclaimers. No lists. No boxes to check off. Forms to fill out. No history to run over. Just come. It's so important to Jesus. Zacchaeus, it led to an encounter. It led to an encounter with Jesus that would change everything in his life and bring him to a place where he experienced joy. It says Zacchaeus came down and welcomed him gladly and later he would look at his life and all of the things he had done and all the money he had stole from people and he would decide that he was going to take his past turn it and use it for good that he was going to make some stuff right because of Jesus and Jesus's great love and friendship to him that's an encounter I won the last person The last person anyone would have expected to show up to church, to have a life change, to find hope. Zacchaeus was the last person anyone would have expected. And he was the one Jesus was driving forward to meet and have an encounter with. And we live in a place where there's lots. I was once a Zacchaeus. And maybe you were too. Maybe you are now. There's 118,000 people in our county and only 20% of them affiliate with the church. There's a whole lot of people in the hustle and coming up short trying to fill their hearts with stuff that doesn't work. And what they need and what we want to facilitate is an encounter with them and Jesus that will fill their hearts with joy and change their lives for the better, change their lives for eternity. And we as a church, we're in the business of taking down the obstacles and just following the heart of Jesus for people like Zacchaeus. That's who we are. It's what drives us. It's our flag in the sand. It's who God's calling us to be. That's why we say as a church, we are for Jesus. We are for Schuylkill County. And we are for your friends and family. The people you love who don't go to church. Who are the last people you think would ever have an encounter with Jesus and find the hope that they've been missing. That's Who we're for. We remove obstacles. We remove all kinds of practical obstacles. We remove the church building when we have to, if that's an obstacle. We are all about removing every obstacles. We are not about being a club where we all think it's cool and we're all happy with the sound and the music and the volume and the preaching and the dress code. I I could care less. There are plenty of churches that look like clubs you can go to if you're looking for some cool little club where you can have a party with all your club buddies. That's just not who we are. We are unstoppable because we are a church that is built on the rock of Jesus and being built on the rock of Jesus means we better have a heart like Jesus's. So when Jesus hears that people, he, he hears that people are upset, They're whispering, it says in verse 7, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. What's he doing with them? They often called Jesus, the religious people often called Jesus a friend of the sinner. Another time they were doing it it is just a couple pages back in Luke chapter 15. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were all sitting down and listening to Jesus' teaching and it says that there were tax collectors and sinners gathering around him. All these people stuck in the hustle, coming up short, looking for a little bit of hope. They were all gathering around, and then the religious people, the church people, they sit back there, and it says the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered and said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus tells them this story. Suppose you, you one of you, has a hundred sheep, and you lose one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And he calls his friends and his neighbors together and he says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not repent. I don't want to be a sheep sitting around in a pretty nice pasture. I want to be the staff in Jesus' hands as He goes to find that lost sheep to pull it from whatever nook and cranny it got itself stuck into, to to take whatever wounded, broken limbs or broken heart it experienced while it was out drifting. I want to be by Jesus's side as he picks that lost sheep up and puts it on his shoulder and takes it to safety and throws a party for it. That's who I want to be. And that's who we are as a church. If we are going to be unstoppable, it means that we have to be a church that is built on Jesus the rock. And if we want to be built on Jesus the rock, we have to be a church that doesn't look like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Like we got our own little club and this is messing with our system. We have to have the heart of Jesus For those that have drifted, have walked away, are stuck in the hustle and coming up short. I pray that we can be faithful in that call. And and you're watching this, right? You relate to Zacchaeus, so do do I sometimes. Sometimes still. You got to know this. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what labels are thrown at you. Like if, if you're watching this, it, it doesn't, all the, all the stuff that people judge you about and, and put you in a category from, Jesus just says, Come to me. Come to me. If you're heavy and weary, you'll find rest with me. If you're thirsty, come to me. You'll find living water with me. I have what you've been looking for. Come to me. Just come and see. It's an invitation to him to have an encounter with him that'll change you forever. It's an invitation to be a part of something that is unstoppable. This incredible thing we call the family of God. Church. Maybe you just need the reminder Church isn't about buildings. It's not about stuff. It's not about the songs, the cool jean jacket. <laughs> it's not about any of that. It's not about being in a room together with a bunch of roads. It's not about that. The church is people, and it's people on a mission doing what God has called us to do. It's people on a mission following the heart of God. Maybe you just need the reminder that we're unstoppable. Stop looking at the stuff we attach to church and thinking that's the church. We are unstoppable now, today. Because we are built on Jesus and we are His. And maybe you just needed to be reminded, maybe this isn't, I don't know, this is, this is who God has called us to be. This is the heart He's given us. And because of that heart, you, if you're, if you're a Zacchaeus, if you're a rebel, if you're a doubter, if you're a skeptic, if you're a Pharisee, if you're a teacher, if you're judgmental or if you're reckless, you are loved here because God loves you. And so we're going to love you too. Just come. God, thank you so much. I was once that lost sheep. And the good shepherd leaves the crowd of those already found to find us. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for finding so many of these people who are watching or listening right now. Thank you for the cross. What great lengths our shepherd has gone to because he loves us to bring us home. We love you. We need you. We're ready to follow you to do whatever it takes to reach more people. In your name we pray. Amen.